This week, we begin in Wichita Falls, Texas, where greed and ultimatums create a deadly Black Widow. We then travel to Granbury, where the mental state of the offender creates more than just an open-shut case. Get ready for episode 25 of Texas 1031. You know, as babies, they pat you on the back to burp. I just, like, why do people pat their front? Because it doesn't work. Well, you're not supposed to pat babies on the back either. When you're trying to burp them? Like, after they, like, like I baby babies? thought that was maybe bad for them. Or maybe Pretty it's... Pretty sure that's Maybe it's thing. choking. Choking's bad for everyone. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, true. Unless you're into that kind of thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we sound really loud or maybe because you were just close i don't know i just maybe. i hope it doesn't sound like blasting people's ears off <laughs> that'd be better Hopefully than not. our usual like hello 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 <laughs> there's some episodes where like older episodes when i like drive and i'll be like oh i'm gonna go listen to this or whatever and I'm like i can't hear us over the traffic because yep. i sucked <laughs> at life <laughs> there's episodes where i am like clearly sitting back in my yeah, chair but like can i can still be heard right yeah. no we, we we figured it out yeah we can stop i can stop being so hard on ourselves hey we'll welcome to the stop. podcast welcome welcome this is our silver episode because i just looked it up and the you 25th did? is silver like a 25th anniversary oh. i don't think it works for just chronology but like it. the wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. You're supposed to give someone silver if you've put up with them for 25 well, I mean, years. It's in my bag. I didn't tell you. <gasps> yeah. I'm rich. <laughs> it was like a quarter. Oh, uh, but yay. That's super yeah. cool. 25. It is. That's weird. It's, I don't know. Is it weird? Mm. Like, it not feels weird. weird. Like a milestone is supposed to be like a milestone, I guess. It feels like it should be a milestone. It, it feels weird that 25 have already come and gone. Yeah. Of this. Well, it's, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And I am going to do the math now. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, you can. we can keep talking, but I am going to do the math that I talked about last episode. I did not ever do it last week, so I'm just going to find out if our 100th will be on our anniversary. Anniversary. Okay. I think it might. I don't know. Okay, so you talk. You okay. uh, give your recommendations or something. I'm just going to count weeks um, or whatever. God, I gave my recommendation on the last one because we're recording these back to back. <laughs> um. No, I don't know what to say. Uh, oh, Cassie found something. Oh, well, um, not our 100th, because that's not how math works. Our 50th episode will be in the month of October. But it, what day is it going to be on? Are you it's gonna... the first week of October. <gasps> yeah. That's when I started making episodes. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I think I put the first episode out on the second. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's cool. So our 50th will be a year. That's really neat. Yeah. It's going to be this week. Wow. Whoa. And we could record on the second because that's a Tuesday. Well, there you go. Well, if Yay! you're still living here. I think in October I will be. The podcast is breaking up. No, Cassie's it's not. Moving. No, it's not. Well, if Cassie's it. Cassie's getting married and having a life and moving to Austin and never talking to again. Not getting married yet. <laughs> yet. Brennan. Studio wants to bridge the gap between style and function with their fashionable take on high-tech headphones, like with their model, The Regent. They don't think that you should have to compromise fashion for quality, and that's why they provide products matching the standard of top-rated headphones with modern Scandinavian designs, all for a fraction of the cost and free worldwide shipping. Plus, our listeners will receive 15% off any purchase with code HALLOWEEN. So show your support for this podcast and get 15% off your studio headphone purchase by visiting sudio.com and using code HALLOWEEN. Cassie is first this week. Oh, wait. Before that, do you have anything you want to say? Um, just further, you know, just keep following the Facebook event for um, yeah. that event coming up in now... Uh, I guess it's still a month away. It's like June 27th mm-hmm. at Market Bar in downtown Houston. So just definitely pay attention to that. And we want to see your faces. And mm-hmm. we want you to donate money to end the backlog. Because as we ranted about in the last episode, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> you know, I had like this weird thought of like, what if they, because of like the Golden State Killer being found, whatever, what if like the Long Island serial killer was next Ugh. or like the West Mesa body, like all those like oh main big ones that no one knows. Yeah. Wouldn't that be just crazy? It if, would. Like the next few years, like all of that shit happened. But yeah. Because we decided to get put our, our priorities in check. Yeah. And just, I feel like, but I mean, I feel like Lisk has just the amount of like armchair detectives as mm-hmm. California did, mm-hmm. but I think it's more extensive because it's state to state, not just, yeah. you know, jurisdiction, but anyway, exactly. Let's go into some terrible stories yeah. about Cassie, some forgotten people. Cassie has a good one for our 25th episode. Give me all the murdery details. So the murder I'm covering, I did research around the internet just to figure out if other podcasts had ever covered it. Like we've talked about, like we just yeah. try to pick the lesser known people, um, you know, for obvious reasons. So... This person's name didn't come up, the victim or the assailant. Um, there was a snapped episode and an ID investigation episode, but they aired like over 10 years ago. This week, I am covering the murder of Jerry Sternadel. What? Sternadel. Forensic Files. I think yes. that's what you meant to say. And the people in the, I watched this, it's a 13 minute video on YouTube. I believe it was pieced together from an episode like Snapped um, where they cover two different cases and so they just piece together this one which was super useful we're gonna put the link to it um thank you whoever did this because there was a lot of information to sift through this a lot of articles and it became like a soap opera kind of so this really helped boil down to like a chain of events so that was nice snapped episodes are literally the best because they're so dramatic yeah not that the situation wasn't dramatic in the first place but it's just like dramatization i love dramatization so much dude shows are getting so good at that shit like they're like it's like a real like i want to be an actor on those shows because it's like you i don't know it's really kind of cool they don't it's not cheesy anymore right yeah not as cheesy as like fucking the room or something like that oh yeah 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 so Jerry Sternadel. Um, oh, I, I was also very frustrated. <laughs> this is one of those cases. Cassie's 
Sorry. I, <laughs> her little issues. pop filter thing is falling down. So <laughs> if you get like a thump in your ear or us laughing, we're not laughing at the situation that no. we're talking about. We're laughing that Cassie keeps getting like dick slapped with a <laughs> Literally, pop it's- filter right now. Yes. All right. Tangents. So yeah, I could not find a lot of like we like to give a background of the victim and some characteristics and qualities of them. Um, this episode sensationalized things a little bit. All the, the articles I read sensationalized them um, and kind of just rolled over this guy. Really, really didn't give us a lot for him. The only thing they did give us, I'm not going to say because it just it's kind of an unnecessary hit to a dead man's character. I, I don't think it lends itself to the story. We've talked about all these different things exactly. so many times. Sensationalizing on episodes, yep. making it seem less than what it was, and yeah. making victims or offenders Just making seem it less or more than what they good were. Good TV, really. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I'm glad these cases are talked about For and sure. covered. But it's not the truth. Exactly. Well, it's elaborate Or it's stretching, yeah. yeah. But exactly. Jerry Sternadel, um, a millionaire entrepreneur, was born in Wichita County in 1941. He died in the same county at the age of 49 in the year of 1990. Um, Jerry was able to name his killers before he died. So, like I said, this all happens in Wichita Falls. I saw a couple different cities. Um, They live on a ranch, so it's a little bit. Kind of outskirts. I don't think so. Yeah. And I always think Wichita Falls is Kansas because it's Wichita, Kansas. Right? I always think it's in New York that thing with the, you know, Bell and the Witch Elm. <laughs> is that that, in New I think York? that's in Europe. Oh, what the but, fuck? But uh, the 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 Niagara Falls. Oh, that's Thank not you. even in New York. Is it Canada? It's Canada and maine something not maine whatever one of those the geography and vocabulary aspects didn't we try to do geography in a past episode belize failed us greatly (laughs) so um not niagara falls yes (laughs) so wichita falls texas um so jerry had two daughters becky and sandy with his first wife Jeannie. uh but later you know he divorced Jeannie um and married luann the reasons for the divorce I'm not going to say because those are hits on his character and he's a okay. dead man and it's not necessary for the story. So, um, Louis who was 36 in the year of 1984, um, loved the lavish lifestyle her millionaire husband, who was stern and driven, afforded her. Um, stern Adele was stern. Stern Adele. You need to stop them. God. Just unnecessary, both of us. We should just quit the podcast. should get new hosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could not find much on Luann. She, okay. we will talk about her, but not on the information I could find about her. Okay. So she's not going away. That year, um, yeah, the year of 1984, Luann introduced her friend Deborah Lynn Baker, who was age 28. Um, to Jerry and begged him to hire her as an accountant and bookkeeper for him. Okay. Um, she had no accounting experience, um, but they were friggin' best friends. So she begged him, begged him, begged yeah. him to hire her friend on. He basically said, I'll give you a trial period. Um, and Jerry actually hired her. And for six years, she handled his finances. Okay, so he, the husband, hired his wife's best friend. Yes. Okay. She spent a ton of time with them. Deborah did. They were said to be like a trio, um, mostly because she and Luann were attached at yeah. the hip, basically. In the year 1990, so six years later, Jerry noticed that his 
finances were kind of weird. His businesses were making a lot of money, but he was seeing deficits and um, money was missing from his accounts. Oh, okay, and so it. there was stuff that was kind of fishy. Um, so he hired an outside accountant to look into everything. Um, this accountant dug into all of his funds and agreed, yes, the businesses were making a lot of money. This shouldn't be happening. And he found transfers from one at least one of jerry's accounts there were multiple but at least one transferring funds to a deborah baker's account there were thirty five thousand dollars transferred from one of his accounts to her account that's just one account one account of the accounts that were missing account money. account <laughs> by the accountant oh um, God, this episode so jerry confronted deborah <laughs> and basically gave her an ultimatum to pay him back by Memorial Day, or, which was a few weeks out. in the future. Okay. A few weeks out. Yeah. Good God. He gave her this ultimatum and said that if she did not pay him back the money by Memorial Day, he would call the police and bring embezzlement charges up against her. So that's pretty serious. Yeah. Um, he also threatened to divorce his wife, Luann, over this because he felt that the women oh. were in cahoots. Close to Memorial Day... While eating lunch with Luann and Debbie, like they did every day. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rich people are weird. Rich people are weird. Um, <laughs> like, I have a fucking lawsuit almost out against you, but let's, let's have lunch, yeah, girl. Just, just fine. You can keep hanging out, but you just yeah. better pay me back. Like, what the fuck? You better. During this lunch, um, he became violently ill. Luann and Debbie brought him to the hospital, um, and doctors could not figure out why this otherwise perfectly healthy man had fallen deathly ill. Um, For a while, it was assumed to be a virus, something that he had contracted, and no one could figure out what it was. Um, Luann was by his side this whole time, and that meant Deborah was there a lot of the time as well. But at some point, somehow, he himself, Jerry, started to suspect that the women were poisoning him. Okay. just that day, not over time. Just that lunch. Okay, we'll get to it. Never we'll mind. get to it. Okay. Luann discounted these claims to doctors and nurses as he hallucinating from all the medications he was on. And they bought it. Um, Jerry died a few days later on June 12th, 1990 at the age of 49. He suffered several days violently ill and in pain in the hospital. Before he died... He said that the two women had stolen thousands from him and they're trying to kill me. Jerry Sternadel's death certificate read, patient was given arsenic over a period of time until lethal amounts finally killed him. An anonymous caller from the hospital called and alerted police to the evidence of poisoning and said that she heard that Luann would stand to inherit $350,000 in the event of Jerry's death. So, the call was made. There was no evidence. There, there, you know, arsenic was in his system, but there was nothing to bring up foul play charges on either of the women at this yeah, point. Yeah, they couldn't prove that it was them. Exactly. Yeah. Until, and arsenic, um, I was thinking this, but the Snapped episode discounted it, um... You can't naturally ingest arsenic. It's not found in household cleaners. It's not something that you can accidentally. Exactly. It's something that's (coughs) intentional. So there's that. So 
nothing happened really his death just happened the funeral everything but i i mean he it was he had it in his system and he was naming these women as people he thought were killing him in the hospital oh but they were rich white people exactly yeah exactly um until some cranberry juice comes into question a house guest from near the time of jerry's death tom bradley calls the police and tells them that he drank jerry's favorite juice the cranberry juice Mm -hmm. and became violently ill shortly after um he said that this was jerry's favorite drink he had probably heard about the arsenic something was suspicious to him enough to call the police and say hey i drank this and i also got very sick he volunteered to be tested and there were traces of arsenic found in his system so we can be led to believe that the cranberry juice was a thing This gave police enough cause to search Jerry's ranch, and they found in a pile of trash a cleaned out, washed out bottle of cranberry juice, which in the snapped, uh, Jeannie, uh, Jerry's ex-wife, said something real cute. She was like, now, if you were just going to throw it away, why would you go and clean it? And it was just the cutest thing. Um, Traces of arsenic were found in the screw cap on the bottle of cranberry juice still why would you even throw it away like you need to go take it down the fucking road burn it yeah morons like what the fuck yeah this still wasn't really enough to bring up any charges because it was just found on the massive ranch he had he had a lot of people working for him it might not have been deborah or luann at this point until police get a call from a storage unit owner um, saying that an account had gone delinquent. And when they go delinquent, that storage unit facilitator is allowed to go. And that's his unit now. So he went and he was poking around in things. And he finds mounds and mounds of financial records belonging to that of a Jerry Sternadel. He thinks this is suspicious, had heard about the crime, so he calls police. Police come and search the storage unit, and what do they find? Cranberry juice. Arsenic! (laughs) When they looked into who this storage unit belonged to, um, it was a woman named Kathy Simmons. The address was that of Deborah Baker's. Mm. So she used a fake name and put down her real address. She's really smart. Um, So it isn't until 1994... That enough evidence was collected to put Deborah Lynn Baker on trial. How about just like eyewitness testimony, a.k.a. the victim. Right. Go check my financial records and my employees. Right. Like somebody poisoned me. I think it's those women standing right there. I mean. And then I die of poison. Like what the fuck? Look into that. I think at the end of the day, it kind of did help that this storage unit went to Linkwit because they were able to gain more evidence. Mm -hmm. But like it shouldn't have been this difficult in the first place. No, it shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have taken four years. No. Um, so prosecution argued that Deborah was broke and could not pay back the $35,000 that she owed Jerry. And she was also protecting her friend from divorce, um, knowing that Luann would not get anything from it if Jerry did leave her. At the end of this, because the jury felt that Luann had more to do with it than Deborah, and Deborah was more of a pawn, Deborah was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to 10 years probation. No charges were ever brought up on Luann because police just did not have enough evidence. So somehow they came to the conclusion, and because Deborah 
what I'm assuming, Deborah Lynn Baker is a very pretty white woman. They were like, oh, well, she didn't mean to do it or she. I mean, I meant about Luann. They had oh. reservations about Luann. They should have gone and said, hey, this isn't adding up. There wasn't enough evidence. Oh, my God. Exactly. Because it was on Pondham. Uh-huh. Okay. So Deborah goes free, um, you know, but she is on probation. In 2003, um, so almost 10 years later, almost at the end of her probation, she forges a check and violates it. Um, for this, she's given 10 years in prison. <laughs> what the? How, how? No. Yeah. That's fine. Deborah Lynn Baker was released from prison on June 21st, 2013 at the age of 56. And she is free. So she's actually served the 10 years? Mm-hmm. She served the 10 years. Wow, I can't believe she wasn't paroled. I know. Come on. I know. Um, her good looks didn't really go that far in her <laughs> later years. She's still pretty good looking even <laughs> as an old lady. Um, so Jerry's daughter, Becky, and his ex-wife, Jeannie, continue to fight for justice for Jerry. Um, they think Luann should be charged, and they really hope that now that Deborah's been released, new evidence will surface. Something, someone will slip up somewhere um, implicating Luann. They also want Deborah to serve the rest of her life in prison. Um, Jeannie, yeah, Jeannie wrote a book, an award-winning book called Fighting the Devil, um, wherein she basically says that the devil is the system that did not give Jerry's death justice. Um, My total fucking like alleged hearsay whatever my opinion i think deborah and luann were lesbian lovers. i was gonna say that the whole time i wanted to question that but i didn't want to be rude but it's like they oh. seem a little too close and that's kind of what i feel like the snapped was alluding to a little bit without doing it at all but just the the scenes they put them in it's just oh. like they and I didn't even watch the snap. So if you're getting yeah. those vibes, you could maybe think, okay, I'm just getting it because they're portraying it. But, like, I got it. You like, got the vibes. You don't – you you would rat out your friend at the mm-hmm. end of the day, but you may not rat out your significant other. Exactly. So – Yeah. That kind of answered my earlier question of, like, how come she didn't say anything? Deborah did get married, but, you know, who's to say – The yeah, bisexuals sure. are a thing. Or and just she didn't want to come out. Whatever. Exactly. So that's just my personal opinion. Um, but – my question is, how the fuck can Luann not be charged? How could there not be something? Could she, co-conspirator charges? Did they test the arsenic bottle for fingerprints? Did they? I, I mean, it's just, there's so much that was. Or times and dates and places, like financial records. Like there has right. to be something pointing to motive. Yes. At least, which isn't my favorite defense. But, but like, it's, a it's defense. something at this point when it's yep. kind of more or less obvious. Yeah. I mean, this woman was, there's a picture of her by his side in the hospital bed, and she's mm. smiling. And it's just like, hey, why would you get your picture taken when this Maybe man. She knew he was, was going to be close to death. She knew that he was going to die. Like, well, Let's take a picture, honey. There's just, I mean, she's, there's too much. Up, I, I totally agree with Becky and Jeannie. Like, yeah. there's way too much circumstantial evidence i feel like yeah i mean implicating people Luan. get put away for way less did she does she have a history of anything else not that i could find i could not find much about her at all the only when i typed in her name only articles i could find were on deborah because well, deborah went selfish, down for this yeah she's a selfish selfish bitch mm-hmm. that made her friend change her name do all this crap to hide all the whatever mm-hmm. and got her sympathy and went in or at together. least gave her friend access to his food, to his cranberry. Like if there's a cra- <clears throat> if there is a 
If there is a bottle of cranberry juice in the fridge that a house guest can get to, right? How could Deborah not tell her dear, dear friend, "Don't drink the cranberry juice"? You know, like yeah, some they were in on it together. They had to be. Well, and I mean, it it probably started way back when when she said, "Give my friend a fucking job." Right. It probably I don't know allegedly started then, and they started scheming, and however the marriage turned out, it just escalated even more because they were like, "Help me get rid of my husband." They wanted his money, and then when that was going to be taken away from him because they're both morons that don't know how to commit crimes, (laughs) it was the eighties. They murdered, yeah, God, ten years probation. I don't understand how that like the arsenic is like even if you think Luann had more to do with it, the arsenic is found Debbie's storage unit. Yeah, so this is just really frustrating because usually when you when someone who has money and power and is white, when something like that happens to someone like that, it's just usually the swift hand of the law is given down. But when you have pretty women involved as well, it just, I guess, kind of... But we also know that women are known to poison. Yes, that is the woman... That's the, that's the black thing. widow method. That's the female method. Yes! We don't have the balls to stab or shoot people. Exactly. We poison people. And it, uh, Jeannie said that the way he died and the excruciating pain <sighs> he was in, they, he would have been better off to just get shot. So it was a cruel and lengthy oh, sure. death process, which is... I mean, weird to me, but he didn't go to the hospital before. He didn't have any doctor, you know, notice that or, you know. I did read something that said on his third hospital visit, he stayed. So he might have been going for stomach pains, but they chalked it up to some kind of virus. Yeah. Because they don't test for arsenic until you die or unless there's reason to test. report, like a major thorough thing. Yeah. But you'd think that if you were there for a virus, they'd test your blood and something would come up. But, I mean, if it's not a lethal dose, then... Exactly. I don't know how that works. And they might have still been giving him, bringing him his favorite drink in the hospital. Right. Just like fucking on the sixth sense where she's drugging her kid with that soup. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Sorry, that had nothing to do with that, but... No justice for Jerry. No justice for his... Family, Luann is free. What's, Deborah's where's free. Where's Luann? What's happening? Um, the last uh, Becky had heard from Luann, she said she had not talked to her since Jerry's funeral, her father's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, she was living in Dripping Springs, Texas, oh, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So somewhere still in Texas. A little outside of Austin, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Thank you, justice system. <laughs> or something. Jury. Like, oh, my God. Jury. Fucking jury. God. <laughs> yeah we've had a lot of jury issues it's not necessarily law enforcement it's, lately. yeah it's tables have turned mm-hmm. it's uh oh Humans. average americans being morons yeah huh. i'm sure there's more to it absolutely We're not this uh up our own ass and like oh this is our opinion and it's the law but it's kind of like very frustrating because if i was on that jury difficult. i might have you know voted against that and might have been outvoted <laughs> by everyone in the jury and you know or if I you might have been, have been swayed by the, the defense. Or I would not have been picked by the jury. She probably paid, to, allegedly. Paid allegedly. To have that jury as mm-hmm. her jury. Whatever. I'm so, really sorry, Jerry. Yeah, I'm very sorry, Jerry. There's his story. I can't Fuck believe. you, Deborah. It would be interesting. I mean, if there were more articles on it, like I said, mm-hmm. if, if you had seen a uh, progress or a prior offense yeah. or, pro- you know, something afterwards as well with her. So, feel like once the she's word... She's not stupid enough to, like, try it again, but... No. Maybe. Well, I mean, she's I stupid know. enough to forge a check at the end of her probation. I meant Luann, but oh, still, yeah. 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 
Wouldn't you like keep a calendar and be like, hey, I'm out this day or I'm off the yeah, ankle brace that day? Yeah, let's bounce a check just right after. Like, People <sighs> don't make sense. No, they don't. All right. Well, you want to say your quintessential F you? Oh, I already did, but I'll say it again. Fuck you, Deborah. Fuck you, Luann. There we go. All right. So, yeah, awkward segue to my murder. Um, so I don't really have anything to precedent this with except for the fact that it's terrible and it's terrible mm. there's a lot of like get ready y'all issues i have with um the uh offender and the facts and just like how things work out i don't know it makes you question a lot of things so okay. or at least for me um so it's the end of april 1997 in granbury texas uh i will literally just get right into it so 11 year old sarah and uh her brother nine-year-old cody were asleep in their beds when an intruder crawled inside their bedroom window. The man would grab Sarah and begin to beat in her chest and proceed to rape her. Eleven, okay? He then forced both children to leave the home out the same window he entered through. He had them get into his car, and they drove to a cemetery. Sounds romantic, right? Um, He walked the children through the cemetery a little ways. He then took Cody aside and strangled him, and beat his body, and then proceeded to stomp in his head. Oh, my. He would then take Sarah to a separate location, slit her throat, and leave her there alone to die. In a shocking turn of events, nine-year-old Cody would survive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Poor baby. He would gain consciousness and, while covered in fire ants, would gather enough strength to climb over a fence and attempt to go get help. Cody would later tell the police that the man that attacked them was their mother's ex-boyfriend, 31-year-old Bobby Wayne Woods, fucking forensic files. Wasn't expecting that. Right. Uh, Their mother was Shawana Patterson, so it's S-C-H-W-A-N-A, so I think that's how you pronounce it, Shawana, Mm -hmm. um, who had supposedly broken up with Bobby and kicked him out of their home just a few months prior. Uh, Cody would slip in and out of consciousness during the days that followed the attack, but during his wakeful moments, he urged the police, quote, to kill Bobby Woods for him. Uh, Based on Cody's statement, police soon after found Bobby and immediately asked him where Sarah was, hoping to find her alive. Uh, He answered, quote, you will not find her alive. I cut her throat. However, about two days later, searchers would find her body. Um, the way the articles mentioned it, it was like the whole town kind of got together and like everyone really tried to go and find her. Mm-hmm. Um, they found her. She was clothed in an inside out shirt, a sports bra and a pair of shorts without her underwear. Mm-hmm. Her throat had been deeply cut, severing her larynx and major, uh, several major blood vessels. The cause of her death was extreme blood loss. Oh, so God. just like she did just bleed out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the worst probably feeling uh, your body could ever experience. Um, Cody's injuries would end up causing him to have surgery to remove skull fragments from his brain. Uh, So these kids obviously went through a lot. Um, Mm. Evidence in the murder of Sarah and attempted murder of Cody would include Bobby's semen on Sarah's blanket, a pair and a pair of her underwear on his car's floorboard and a trash bag containing a large butcher's knife or butcher knife covered with Sarah's blood. So it's. More than there. And then also they found a a pawn ticket uh, bearing Bobby's signature um, and address for items he had taken from the Patterson's home. Okay. Um, Bobby also would sustain scratches on his face and arms noticed at the time of his arrest. Um, This part is so 
this is one of the worst things I feel like I've ever read, even though it's not that surprising. Um, after testing, results would show that Bobby and Sarah shame. Sorry, Bobby and Sarah shared the same STD, uh, which was the human papilloma or yeah, papilloma virus. Ugh. Just uh, that's disgusting. I, I don't know why that really hit me, but it was just eleven. Horrible. That's why. You don't hear about that, and I feel like it might be a little more common than we might think. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but that's just gross. Um, according to Bobby, he admitted to having sexual contact with Sarah before leaving the house and also taking the two kids into his car. However, he said that after Cody fell unconscious in the cemetery. Fell unconscious. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he was... Um, or da 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 da. Oh, sorry. I skipped a sentence. Uh, Cody fell conscious, unconscious in the cemetery. Sarah started screaming. He then took Sarah away in the car where she continued to yell, good for her, mm-hmm. and was telling Bobby that she would tell the police that he had hit Cody, which just, like, shows the innocence in, like, I'm going to tell on you, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, like, she that's all she had she to say, die. you know, she, yeah. that's all she thought to do was, like, I'm going to tell the police, like, and which is good, but yeah. it just makes it more sad. Um, <clears throat> in response to her screams, Bobby said that he attempted to quiet Sarah by holding a knife to her throat, but she, quote, jerked real hard and the knife cut her because mm-hmm. that's how it happens, which yeah. it might, but highly doubtful. Um, although his version was convincing. That was a joke. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck did it convince? Um, Bobby would be charged with the abduction and murder of Sarah and attempted murder of Cody, which I think is fantastic. Yep. Um, I feel like Cody's situation usually would probably be just like brushed over. Kidnapping. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, all of the evidence I, or, yeah, all of the evidence I listed prior was uh, a part of the trial as well as entries from Sarah's diary. Wow. So two months before, before her murder, she wrote, quote, dear diary, guess what? Bobby moved out and we are so, 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 so happy. In another entry, she wrote, I don't like Cody and I hate Bobby. Which I took that kind of as like, I don't like my little brother. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone hates their little brother yeah. when they're younger. Um, I personally originally thought that the STD was transferred during her rape, like uh, as a part of her murder. That's what I thought. I guess uh, he had actually been raping her for some time oh, prior. God. Because she also wrote in her diary that she had contracted that HPV. Oh, him. my God. So she knew about it. Which means... Someone her mother knew a, about it yeah. too what the most f- likely i don't know if that's true but i would assume that 11 year old doesn't make their own doctor's appointment and figure all that out no so cody testified during the trial that he oh, w- God. yeah he awoke to his sister's screams during her rape on the way to the cemetery he noticed a black handled knife in the back seat of the car and at the cemetery he said that out of the blue this is weird bobby asked him whether his mother was seeing anyone else what? like what the hell yeah. That shows the, like... Mental state. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> this is good. Testifying in his own defense, Bobby stated that while talking with Cody in the cemetery about his mother, so that was corroborated. Okay. He, quote, popped him in the head, quote, pretty hard with the palm of his hand about three times, which... Who does that? Yeah. Even though that's maybe less than, like, bashing him over the head with something, no one does that. No. Like, no. I could see me like I've seen that whacking a kid off the on the back of the head like don't Mm -hmm. be an idiot but like no three times uh Cody fell back this is still what Bobby is saying Cody fell back hit his head on the fence post and fell unconscious he's just like really bad at making up facts like it's like nothing no doesn't make sense like dude this kid walked away with these 
Yeah. Horrifying injuries that not were not from, from exposed. Exactly. Yeah. He says that he put uh, then put Sarah in the car and began driving back to his house where his cousin, Jody Milton, lived with him. He then claims Jody then drove off with Sarah. And the next day, Bobby claims that Jody told him Sarah was dead and he uh, took him to her body. Weirdly enough, Jody Milton hanged himself a few days after the murder. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Bobby would also testify that he never told the police I cut her throat. He said he told him that her throat's been cut. Uh, he stated that he also had trouble reading some words and that his signed typewritten statements did not accurately reflect what he told the police. So he's recanting. Uh, he's, he's saying that there's a difference, that okay. he didn't understand what was being brought to him and okay. that he didn't know what he was signing and he, he didn't understand things. And we'll kind of get into IQ. that. Yeah, we'll get into okay. that later. Um, on cross-examination, the prosecutor challenged Bobby's claim that he could not read very well by confronting him with the fact that he had checked out over 100 books while awaiting trial in the Hood County Jail. <laughs> He said, quote, I asked for books so I could see if I could find any I could read. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, fun fact I'd like to throw in there is that um, Bobby had no criminal record prior. None whatsoever. Wow. No, like nothing. He's a pretty violent rapist, kidnapper, fucking. Mm -hmm. Was he a drug addict? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. Wow. Okay. So I don't even I don't even know if it was just like. Maybe like speed ticket, speeding tickets or traffic light things, but like no criminal record. Nothing, so, yeah. um, like a jury convicted Bobby uh, Wayne Woods on capital murder in May of 1998 and sentenced him to death. The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals affirmed the conviction and sentence in uh, 2000. So just a couple of years later, all of his subsequent appeals in the state and federal court were denied, including a series of appeals claiming that he was uh, ineligible for execution because of mental retardation. Mm. Uh, he was also convicted of the attempted capital murder of Cody Patterson and was given li- a life sentence for that crime as well, which I think is Very nice good. that they followed that up. Yep. Um, in a surprising turn of events, sources differ kind of on whether the children's mother, Shawna Patterson, uh, <laughs> I don't really care because I don't think that this woman is a great person, so I'm going to go ahead and make fun of her real quick. Her first name was Cletus. So I just want to say what the fuck because who does that to a child? I don't know. I don't. I personally, allegedly, whatever, just don't think she was uh, a great woman. Okay, so, great mom. Um, they didn't. They were uncertain if she was home at the time when they were taken. Whoa. So some reports say that she was there. Some don't. So according hmm. to um, the criminal appeals court. Uh, and like their summary of Bobby's case, they believe she was not there. But according to some newspaper reports, however, prosecutors allege that she was home and heard her children screaming, but failed to help them. She was soon thereafter, because of these reports, arrested and charged with serious injury to a child by omission, which is a first degree felony. Wow. Could they? So I guess they couldn't prove that she was not there. Correct. Like at a bar with other people yeah, or something. So I don't really know. Because either way, she's a shitty mother, whichever way you flip it. So, And I mean, I don't want to blame her for maybe dating someone who ended up raping her and killing her and almost killing both of her kids. That happens to innocent women everywhere. Um, But a jury convicted her in September 1998 and sentenced her to 23 years in prison. Wow. On appeal, however, in 2001, her conviction was reduced to a second degree felony. 
and then in turn her sentence was reduced to just eight years in prison instead of 23. But of course she was paroled in 2005 and was released from parole supervision upon the expiration of her sentence in September 2006. Wow. So she spent, what, like two years in jail? She has since remarried. Um, I'm just really not a big fan of good old Cletus. Cody isn't (laughs) hers anymore, right? Uh, I didn't, I don't know. I mean. I hope not. I think that, I think I mentioned it later that when he's like much older, he makes a comment and he seems like he's okay. So I don't, I don't know if anything happened in between now and then or then and now, but. I don't know what happened. I'm I'm assuming he, she lost custody. Yeah. Based on this. I hope so. Um, Big fucking surprise is that Bobby's original execution date in 2008 was avoided because of a temporary nationwide moratorium on lethal injections Mm. while the U.S. Supreme Court was considering the uh, constitutionality of the whole thing. Just like if it was right or wrong, whatever, if they wanted to go through with it. So he also dodged a second scheduled execution date in October, so later that year, um, when the criminal appeals court agreed to a stay so his mental competency could be evaluated again. Wow. Um, I don't know why his mental competency, like, didn't matter in 1998 when this all happened, but like 10 years later it did, but I feel like, you know, that's just the process of appeals. In preparation for for Bobby's new trial, the defense had hired a psychologist who interviewed him and administered several tests designed to measure his mental retardation, mental illness, and competency to stand trial. Bobby scored 70 on the IQ test mm. and on a, uh, on a test called Street Survival Skills Questionnaire, which measures a person's ability to function independently, he scored 95. Okay, so is that a good? I think I say it. Okay. The psychologist also gave Bobby a test called Competence Assessment for Standing Trial for Defendants with Mental Retardation. (laughs) So it's called the CAST-MR, basically. On that test, where defendants who score 54% or lower are presumed to be incompetent to stand trial and 74% or lower are presumed to be mentally retarded. He scored 100. Okay. So he's not... Mentally yeah. retarded. Based on his evaluation, it was concluded that Bobby was not mentally retarded and was and was competent to stand trial. Good. So at his new trial, after all these tests, the defense called a different psychologist who did not interview Bobby or inter, uh, administer any tests prior, but he was given a copy of the first psychologist tests and reports. Okay. He reviewed Bobby's handwritten samples, jail records, work history, and a statement from Bobby's grandmother. I don't know why all that matters, but I guess mm-hmm. it does to a certain extent. Based on these records, uh, um, this psychologist testified that Bobby is and always has been and always will be a mentally retarded person. What then how did he pass all those tests? I don't know. Like, I mean, what does your grandmother have to do with anything? Right. But I don't know what she said or what it had to do with, but so I can't really say that. But also, sorry. <laughs> His defense would also state that as a child, Bobby struggled in school and dropped out in the seventh grade. So kind of by default, you're just not as intelligent as maybe the rest of the population. Right. But you understand right, right from wrong. Like um, he was barely supposedly he was barely literate and had to copy words from a spelling list to write the simple notes he sent uh, sent to his family. Um, I, I I'm, I'm just going to leave this in there. OK, okay. so supposedly um, this is a quote from Greg Abbott. Ugh. All right. So back in the day. Quote, the only experts to ever conclude that Bobby was mentally retarded did so after he had committed this murder and had motivation to underperform. 
Oh, no. Oh, okay. Okay. All yeah. right, Greg Abbott. I, I see what he's saying. Okay. Ab- I, yeah, 100% <coughs> agree. Which leads me back to what I said earlier. Like, why did they not think about his mental competency in 98? But Right. Okay. In a hearing before the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals in 2009, both sides again presented their arguments, additional tests, and expert testimony regarding Bobby's intelligence. The appeals court decided in an 8-to-1 vote that the additional evidence presented before them supported the original trial court's finding that Bobby Wayne Woods was not retarded. Good. Again, what a waste. <laughs> like So much money I mean, was wasted. When I read more and tell you more, it kind of isn't a waste. But okay. also, it's just sometimes it really is a waste. Yeah. It's just like, what happened here? I don't know. I feel like if the vote turned out differently, it's not like the prison system was going to help him out anyway. Right. Because it would have <laughs> just stayed his execution, right? right? You wouldn't have gotten he out. He wouldn't have gotten any mental support. I, don't, I mean, No, I'm no, no. He definitely wouldn't have. I'm like scared to say statements now because for fear that I'm wrong. And uh, in an interview from Death Row prior to his scheduled execution date in October 2008, so the first one that they kind of had scheduled, Bobby said he did not plan to harm the children. Quote, I took the kids out and we were horsing around. He said, we went walking around graveyards, horsing around by a fence. Cody jumped on my back and hit a fence post. After that, he said, I guess I panicked. He still blamed Sarah's murder on his cousin. But what about the raping and the beating in her chest? We get into it. I have a theory. Okay. Final meal. We haven't had one of those in a minute. (gasps) We haven't. Lighthearted. Here we go. Yay. Chicken sandwiches, hamburgers, and a half a pound of chocolate cake. That's it. Quote, he only ate a few bites of this and that, according to a Huntsville prison spokeswoman. So not that exciting, but we broke up the monotony there. (laughs) Uh, Bobby's execution was delayed for about a half an hour while, again, they considered and rejected a final appeal from his lawyers, claiming, again, that he was mentally retarded. How are these lawyers paid for? I don't know. Jesus Um, Christ. But finally, at his execution, when the warden asked Bobby if he had a final statement, he lifted his head. And from the gurney, he said, quote, bye, I'm ready. Okay. The lethal injection was then started. He was pronounced dead at 6.40 p.m. on December 3rd, 2009. He was 44 years old. Wow. According to an article I read, Shwana's conviction meant that she could not attend his execution. Uh, However, a local paper quotes a prison spokeswoman as saying that Shwana had never even asked to attend the execution. Okay. And had actually been given incorrect information regarding uh, her right to be in attendance. So I wonder if she would have gone mm-hmm. if she was, like, even correctly informed, to be honest. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so these are a couple victim quotes here. Um, quote, I'm not a person that likes harm done to anybody, but I believe in justice being done. And this was said by uh, Larry Patterson, uh, Sarah's father. Okay. Uh, after watching his oh, daughter's God, yeah. killer die. Poor father in this. Quote, she had no choice. She didn't get a second chance. Another quote, I put this behind me a lot of years ago. This is from Cody. Now 21, who stood outside the prison and chose not to see Woods die. Quote, it has been a long time coming. I'm glad to know it's done. I knew it was going to be done sooner or later. I, I seen his picture. That's all I wanted to see. He said, adding that he recovered from his injuries and that nightmares about the that nightmares about the attack have finally stopped, but that he still had, quote, the stars on the scars on the back of his head. Kind of going into questions and theories now, but a little bit more information here. So I found two videos 
published <clears throat> or recordings, I guess I should say, published on YouTube from the uh, Texas Observer about a week or so before Bobby was executed. Okay. He literally looked and sounded like an eight-year-old in a 40-year-old's body. Okay? Really? So I'll show them to you if you want. But yeah. he had very limited understanding. Like, he just sounds very hindered and kind of, like, delayed in his thought process. And mm. it doesn't seem to be put on, you know? Okay. Um, The woman, or she was the interviewer. She um, was just, you could tell she was losing her patience with him because he just didn't know how to express himself and, like, understand the questions she was asking. And they weren't, like, super in-depth questions you know yeah um i don't think he was like mentally handicapped i think he was on the like higher functioning end of the scale if at all just very 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 low iq yes emotionally disturbed or he seemed really unthreatening and like kind of kind honestly it was weird watching it because i was like there's no way this guy could have done this i'm not saying he was he had been raping sarah for right so i mean yeah I'm not saying that only geniuses can be killers because obviously it happens, but I see how his mental competency defense was formed. It okay. wasn't a lie. It wasn't reaching or whatever. Okay. Um, mainly question in theory. So Shwana supposedly kicks Bobby out prior to the attack, which as we know, when someone threatens to leave, that's when Something it all sets snaps. in. Yeah. Yep. Whether you're a woman or a man, it's usually... That is the precipice of the things that are like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not yeah. letting this girl get away, whatever. That is the trigger. Yeah. And Cody attests to this, as well as Sarah's diary entry. So we mm-hmm. know that they had broken up. So I question the charges brought against her, stating that she heard what was happening and did nothing about it. Right. Because, like, perhaps maybe she didn't know who was attacking her kids, but regardless, like, she cared enough to remove Bobby from the home, which would equate to me that she cared in general about who you know is in her kids vicinity you know that's what I mean? true and her safety also that's true so like why so wouldn't maybe she, she go and get wasn't help? home yeah okay which it, also makes her not a good mother you shouldn't leave a nine-year-old and 11 year old right alone at but night. i mean maybe she had a night job you know what i mean you just don't know and some things are subjective like that that's but true like i want i, I want to demonize this woman i'm not a fan just because i'm i don't know i just get a bad vibe but yeah it's not like she sat yeah. up in bed with, and was like, I hear my kids screaming. And was mm, like, back to sleep. Is that Bobby or is that a stranger? Oh, fuck that. Like, I don't care. Right. Let them die. Right. You know, she didn't do that. Um, Maybe she was a selfish bitch and thought that, you know, her house was getting broken into and thought, I better be quiet or I could get raped. I could get robbed and just didn't know. Was she, did she abuse any sort of prescription drugs? Maybe she was knocked out cold on Ambien or some shit? I no idea. I couldn't really find much about her. I found, like, one uh, mugshot, but, like, she didn't look great. I don't, Mm. I I, I don't know if she, that was a prior mugshot or that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know her history, but I just get bad, bad vibes, so. Yeah. I don't know. That was just the theory on the mom situation. I don't know what's happening with that. But uh, my other theory question, I would have liked more information on Jody's suicide and potential involvement. Yes. I think it's weird that Bobby would admit to her rape, but not her murder. Mm Mm-hmm. Based on his mental competency, sure, maybe, yeah. But to to me, I think that, that, like, he admitted to raping her and not her murder. This could have been... You know, maybe scripted by attorneys to, like, get him off for less. Yeah. But I think it also, like, if it's not the attorneys, it shows me he's actively participating in trying to manipulate the crime. Okay. Which shows mental competency to me. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? You know what you did. You know that 
murder and rape is wrong, but rape is less of an offense. Mm-hmm. So let me just, you know, admit to that. Right. Um, I think that insanity should have been thrown out the window at that point. Yes. Because if that could have been proven. He was able. Yeah. Right. But was Jody, was the car ever dusted for Jody's fingerprints? Right. DNA? Exactly. So, um, so Jody wasn't questioned or given like any hint that the police might arrest him and throw him in jail. Like after Bobby saying, oh, it's my cousin. Like he didn't, it didn't go into the police pursuing him as a suspect or a person of interest at all. So okay. I wonder, did he catch wind of this, that he might be implicated? Did he feel guilty for killing her? And mm-hmm. that's why he committed suicide? Or was that a total coincidence? Because right. were there prints found in the car? Were there prints found on the knife? It was supposedly Bobby's car, but he said he dropped it off and Jody went and took care of it. Mm-hmm. Being a roommate <clears throat> and a cousin. He might have been in the car before. and Or he said, I know my cousin isn't all the way there. He fucked up. I need to go help him and take care of it and kill this girl. Yeah. And felt horrible remorse. Yeah. And I mean, you think about Bobby's level of smarts, if you will. And even though I just said he was able to manipulate the crime and say that he took part in her rape, but not her murder. But at the same time, you know, you think, yeah, he could have accidentally killed them and then brought them to Jody's. And Jody was like, you know, dude, I don't know what to do. And Jody went and handled it. So, yeah, because I mean, her his DNA was on the blanket in her on her underwear you know her blood was on the knife so he definitely he had did something uh, yes absolutely yeah. but based on that fact maybe he did just do the rape man is he smart enough to think to just claim rape yeah. and not murder or is he so i don't want to say the wrong word but simple-minded to not implicate himself in the murder you know what i mean well but then why would if she bled out why would he say originally that she jerked and the knife accidentally cut her? Maybe, I mean, I guess he flipped off his story about 10 times, so. Yeah, maybe he did have it there to keep her quiet because, I mean, it's, yeah, it's in the woods, but people could maybe hear something. But, but why would Jody need to be involved if she maybe bled out anyway? Maybe he couldn't go through with it in the first place, and so he had Jody take care of it, like, full on. Yeah, maybe. But I, like, I think that... The, the, I don't know. He could have dumped all that shit that was left in his car. Why yeah. didn't he think to get rid of it? Again, showing mental incompetency. He wasn't smart enough. Yeah. And like, it's not like he didn't have crazy ample amount of time to get rid of that stuff, but he mm-hmm. also kind of did. Right. You know, he could have just tossed that shit in a dumpster and drove off. Yeah. That takes how many hours? Right. Like, no. And so that yeah. shows maybe some, he was scared and he was worried and didn't know what to do, which shows like he fucked up right he was terrified of his actions maybe you know what i mean Mm -hmm. remorse and freaking out and needed help i questioned bobby's motive because of his lack of criminal record Mm -hmm. everyone claimed he was a nice guy i know nice guys can flip a switch we've talked about it so many times yes but i feel like there's usually some gradual signs towards this aggression and it not being such a surprise that this kind of thing happens is pedophilic rape enough Okay, so that's what I was going to say. Did he always have an attraction? Literally, you're like on every point of like my question. So did he always have an attraction to young girls? Was this a revenge on Shawana for breaking up with him? Because he took, he had that easy access taken right. away and he went to get back what was his. Or- exactly. So I could see her dumping him and him coming back to do all of this, but it was supposedly months after the breakup. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So not immediately. So why not rape Shawana in revenge? Why not kill her? So I know that he obviously had been raping Sarah prior um but maybe it had been a few months he got angry he got frustrated and he went into a rage you know a rage that no one ever saw because it was repressed and Mm -hmm. you know just suppressed yeah because of 
you know, he just didn't know how to handle it. And his feelings of people calling him slow or retarded or whatever, it just got to him. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a breaking point. Yeah. Not everyone leads to rape and murder, but right, for sure. if you def- if you have that in you, like some people just kind of have that imbalance in yeah. them where that's an option. Well, I mean, you know, she dumped him, so he probably thought, I'm not man enough, I can't keep a girlfriend. I, I mean, he said he the he and the kids were roughhousing or horsing around out by the cemetery. So, like, he related to the kids as, like, friends. Right. And I don't know. Maybe he related to the kids just better in general because of his mental status, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. he didn't view what he was doing as wrong by taking them to the cemetery. I don't know. Please say something. I feel like I'm just, like, blabbering. No, because this is – this one is so – I don't know, because he did flip-flop a lot, but he's also, I mean, from what you're saying, if he sounds like an eight-year-old, like, it's just. It's weird. He just kind of looks at everything with, like, an innocent and, like, childish filter. I'll definitely have to look at that with yeah. you, because that's. It's weird. I, I don't think he understood maybe his own urges and feelings about yeah. Sarah. Because the only thing I wrote that we didn't cover yet is he just never took responsibility for it. Yeah. So that could either mean he's just a cold-blooded, heartless killer, or he might not feel that there was responsibility. Right. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why he would have taken the children to go play with them. Like, that feels more like a forced kidnapping situation. Mm-hmm. I could see, though, if, let's say they were playing in the cemetery and he decides to ask Cody yeah, about... Yeah, that, that happened. Mm-hmm, about his mother and then... Cody says something he doesn't like and he loses it and snaps. Mm-hmm. And that could, you Which know. Which the whole question could of be him a asking mixed about bag of his both. mom yeah. shows maybe the connection was with right. the mother. But then again, maybe he was just making conversation. Right. To keep things like lighthearted. I personally don't, don't feel that he was all the way there. No. That's from that what it sounds like anything, no. but And it. That makes me think that this, we will never, or I mean, he's dead now, but we would have never gotten the full piece together story because he wasn't able to collect that. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, like mentally, he couldn't get that whole thing out. Like, I wish I I knew more about his childhood. Right. I wish I knew what his experience with women before, like Mm -hmm. their relationship, like. All we know is he just had a squeaky clean record <clears throat> yeah. before this. And you don't you think of pedophiles and, and child rapists as having their shit together and like understanding what's happening. But yeah. like it's able it, to it, groom, able to. Right. And it's like you don't think that he could be capable of this because mm-hmm. of the fact that he just can't fathom what's happening. Or right. Like what he's doing and why it's wrong. So it's I don't know. A bit about Sarah. Yeah. Um, the article. Uh, This article was written in January, so nearly 21 years later, due to unfortunate circumstances, Sarah Patterson still does not have a headstone for her gravesite located at Emerald Hill Cemetery in Cannondale, Texas, I believe Mm. is how you say that. So her gravesite is still near impossible to locate, uh, even for some families. So I think that there was one there, but it got removed or torn down or some, I read some article where something unfortunate happened. Um... Sarah's older brother, AJ, and his wife, Nikki Patterson, have began the efforts to get Sarah a permanent headstone after failed attempts at locating the original one that had been made for her, which was last seen around 2009. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure, like I said, what happened, but I will uh, post a link that I found. So the family doesn't have quite enough money. It's pretty expensive these days uh, to cover the cost of a new headstone and the cost for setting it into place. So uh, they have a website. I'll post it if you guys want to donate to this. Yeah. Um, 
quote from Nikki. Uh, this little girl was a part of our community at one time and she still needs us. If you can donate, please share this article so family so this family has a chance at reaching their goal of a new pink granite headstone for their little angel, Sarah Patterson. Mm-hmm. Maybe that wasn't from Nikki. Never mind. Um, an article I also read stated that she was actually buried on her 12th birthday. Oh, God. Yeah. How did that doctor who diagnosed her with HPV not step in? And there's those situations where it gets super gross and weird where the mom is pissed at the child who's getting raped and molested by their significant other and is mad at their child for being more desirable than they are to their boyfriend Mm. or husband. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So I hope that that wasn't the case with Shwana and Sarah, but I just don't know. So that's just another shitty portion of the story. Injustice on multiple levels there. Well, that was the story of Sarah Patterson and her brother Cody luckily survived and kind of the really sad story of Bobby Wayne Woods. I'm not really sure what to think of that guy. Mm -hmm. Obviously not great things because he did uh, rape and most likely attempt and succeed with murder. But there were we never know. Yeah. There's definitely things to consider with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have PayPal, put it in the show notes, all mm-hmm. the sources in the show notes, keep you guys updated on social media with about these cases and with the upcoming event yeah. in June, it's already May, uh, what second week in May now? Yeah. It's like the seventh. Yeah. Seventh, eighth. I guess we're going almost into midnight. So yeah. Um, but so coming up here soon, we'll, we should be having our event and anything else you want to add? No. No. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We're sorry. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> we'll be back next week. Yeah, next week. Next week. Yeah. 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 We'll be back next week with more Texas, Texas True, True Crime. Crime. Don't steal my line. Mm, sorry. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more Texas True Crime. And if anyone's listening, happy. <laughs> happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs>